For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat presented to you by Manscaped. Thank you as always for joining us. We appreciate you guys so much. I'm Amanda and I'm joined tonight. No, Nick, just my waggish co-host Ryan uh, back from vacation, tanned, rested and ready to record <laughs> a new episode for you. Uh, make sure you check us all out on Twitter at uh, Nationals Ace or did he change it to New Era Nats or is that just his... I still think he's, Nationals he's Ace, still right? Nationals Ace. Yes. Okay. At Nationals Ace for Nick, at We Are All Shack for Ryan, and at A White 7877 for me, and at Half Street High Heat for the show. That's at Half ST High Heat. And make sure you check out the website at the same address, halfstreethighheat.com. How you doing? Tell us about vacation. I'm doing great. I'm a little sad. I'm not at the beach right now, but it was nice. You know, I, I went to the beach. The weather was fantastic. What beach? Um, so we just went up to Fenwick. Nice. Up in Delaware. Yeah, I like the Delaware beaches. They're clean. They're quiet. You know, just relax. A lot of putt-putt courses. I shot 16 on the back nine on putt-putt, if anyone is wondering. Um, I take putt-putt very seriously. And it was good. The weather was good. It was hot. The food was delicious. This was the first time we left Finn alone. And because, uh, you know, he was a, a pandemic baby. So this is the first ah, time we how did that go? Did he destroy the place while you were gone? Um, you know, he, he was a little excited when I got home and he has not left my side since. So he's, he's doing well. So he's traumatized is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like we, we had people like come and like take care of him and everything, but he hides from anyone who isn't me. So he, he had a stressful week. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, I, say so. I, I, I felt bad. So I, I won't be leaving him for any other time. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. We, uh, we're actually going to the beach in a couple of weeks. We're going to Ocean City nice. in Maryland, which, you know, is such a like, I don't know if you grew up around here. Ocean City, Maryland is like the place we used to go when I was a kid. We always went to Myrtle Beach every summer. But Ocean City was my husband's family's like summer thing. So we always go and like the food sucks. There's you know, it's just. I don't know. It's not my favorite beach, but it's the place we go every summer. Hey, look, a beach is a beach. It's true. And we always stay at the same place. Like it's a condo right on the boardwalk, which is super fun. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it. Although I have to say with, you know, my job is, is one of those where you can't really do it from afar. So I always stress so much when I go on vacation that I don't enjoy it. So that's cool. (laughs) Super fun. But you didn't even pay any attention to sports, right? No. While you were there, you just like took a took a sports break. 
I, I did. I watched the Little League World Series whenever I could because I enjoy watching the Little League World Series. Um, it's just something about like the small diamonds. They're just exciting. And then the kids like they cry every time they mess up and like their sportsmanship, which is just absolutely disgusting. But like I like watching the Little League World Series. You enjoy watching children cry. So it's your favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they don't pay taxes. I don't know why they're crying to begin with. I know, really. Uh, if you don't have to pay taxes, you should never cry. But yes, I took a sports free week, had no idea what was going on with the Nats. The only thing I got about the Nats was Lane Thomas. That's all I know is happening. Hard to miss that. Every time I check Twitter, it's all people are talking about. So that was what I got from the Nats this week. Yeah, well, there you go. That's really, uh, you didn't, that's pretty much it. You didn't miss anything, actually. There's nothing much to talk about except for Lane Thomas. So yeah, I mean, they're still, you know, same, it's a rebuilding team. You take it for what it is. Not a lot of wins, but there are still fun things happening. So there is some interesting Nats stuff to talk about. But before we start that, um, let's do our quick pitch. And this tonight's quick pitch is if you were on the Nats, what would your jersey number Ooh. be? So growing up, I was always number two because of Derek Jeter because you love um, Adam Eaton so much I love Adam Eaton so much before he even <laughs> existed I picked his number um so I did that and I went to high school I was given 29 my freshman year but then after I was given 17 and I really like 17 as a sports number so I would definitely be 17 whenever I do like road to the show or create a player and MLB the show I always go 17 so I would I would 100% pick 17. I like it it's got history I'm just gonna be super lame because I was like trying to think of like, what's a clever number you could do and do a good number. I'm just going to be sad forever that uh, Mr. 31 is no longer a national. So I, in, in RIP number 31, I'm taking it. <laughs> for Max. I know for Max, I'm doing it for Max. I'm serious. Like I know Max needed to go. I knew he was going to go. It's a good move. All of those things. It still hurts me in my soul that Max Scherzer is no longer a national. It will, it will never not hurt me. So in memoriam, I'm taking number 30. I feel like he's dead. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just like thriving and just, doing it's just better. a Dodger. So, which means he's dead to me. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. All right. So before we talk more Nats, can we get a little weekend review from the week you didn't pay attention to? Yes. Even though I took the week off from sports, baseball did not stop. There are 40, 40- games left and things are heating up around the league the Padres no longer have a wild card spot their Reds pass them in the standings and they're currently half a game back in the wild card they just fired their pitching coach today and their rotation has a 5.25 ERA since the all-star break the Orioles have lost 18 straight games as MLB continues to monitor the tanking situation that is going on um, the Yankees have the best record in baseball since July 15th. They've won 10 straight games, and tonight marks the first time since 1901 where two teams have won at least nine straight games and facing off. The Braves and Yankees face head to head in a two game set. The Yankees are currently winning game one. Red Sox currently have a playoff spot, but with the team struggling, they are recent struggling recently they called a players only meeting looking to light a spark as they have to keep up with the red hot yankees and hold off the young surging blue jays miguel cabrera hit his 500 career home run he's now the second player in mlb history to have won multiple batting titles and have at least 500 career home runs mlb owners propose a hundred million dollar salary floor but 
with the cap tax setting at 180 million. The Dodgers are 12 and two in games, trade Turner plays. They have the second best record in baseball since the trade deadline. They're still two and a half games back of the Giants. The Giants became the first team to win 80 games. And fifth are the, sorry, excuse me, to the NL East. In fifth place are the 51 and 74 Marlins. They got four games swept by the Reds. They face the Nats next and are calling out their second overall prospect for his MLB debut against Josiah Gray. In fourth place are the 53 and 70 Nationals. They dropped two or three against the Brewers. More on them in a second. In third place are the 61 and 63 Mets, who are in a full-blown collapse. After spending most of the season in first place, they went from five games up to seven games back. They are, I love it so much. <laughs> they are six and 15 in the month of August. <laughs> they dropped two or three to the Dodgers. It only gets worse now because now they have to face the Giants. The Mets collapse is as bad as it can possibly get. In second place are these 63 and 61 Phillies. They took two or three from the Padres and they faced the Rays next. Phillies demoted Alec Baum, which is another failure for the season. Reese Hoskins has made his return. And this is overall another disappointing season in the city of brotherly love but at least bryce harper is having a good year in first place are the 68 and 56 braves they won nine straight road games setting a franchise record they're on pace to be the first team in the live ball era to have four infielders hit at least 30 home runs in the same season they're 16 and 3 in the month of august and they'll be put to the test as they go yankees dodgers giants to close out the month this has been your week in review and make sure you guys head on over to T public and search half street high heat for all of our latest designs, swag and merchandise that we are making weekly. This has been your week in review. Yeah. You should get out there and get the new Josiah gray gear, which is super fun. I like it. And somebody in one of the group chats we're in had a uh, idea to just put Josiah on a gray shirt, but which I did kind of like, and I think maybe we should do it, but I, I think a lot of people just wouldn't know what that was. I don't think they would get it. Might be a little too meta. But we'll see. There is a good one out there for Josiah Gray. There's also um, some great, there's still those, the Schwarber t-shirts, which were great. And I still love, I did get myself one of those. There's a lot of good stuff. So make sure you get out there and check it out. So let's talk Nats. Um, you brought up Lane Thomas, Lane Thomas mania. That's big, the biggest thing going on in Nats land this week. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, this, this is a human being we got in exchange for John Lester. Yeah, so the bar was the floor with him. Um, all he had to do was just be there, and he was already better than <laughs> the, like, literally six feet under. Like, all he had to do was just exist, and he was going to be better than John Lester. But he has been starting pretty hot. He's hitting 600, 700, 867. He's nine for 15 in six games. Obviously, this isn't sustainable. This isn't who he is as a player. It's not really what he's ever going to do again. But the fact that he's playing this well and John Lester is being absolutely terrible in St. Louis is really, really funny. And it's fantastic to enjoy because not much has gone right for this team. But the fact that Lane Thomas is playing well when John Lester was so bad makes it a little bit better. It just and feels it's, like winning. You know what I mean? It smells like victory is all it I'm is. Saying. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but like it is like we talked about like team results don't matter right now. Individual results do. And Lane Thomas is playing very well. And the more he succeeds, the better. Like he's making plays in the field. He's fast on the base pass. And like it's a guy like the Nats didn't expect to do anything. The Cardinals didn't expect him to be anything. All the reports I read from Cardinals reporters from MLB Pipeline, like he wasn't supposed to be anything special. It was just like, yeah, like they got a body for him. But they might have gotten a pretty good body. Like he's playing pretty well. 
It's true. And I actually did a little bit of a, you know, a deeper dive on his history because until we traded for him, I didn't really know who he was. Um, you know, he went from the Blue Jays to the Cardinals in 2017, and he was a top 10 prospect for St. Louis for a while. And it was last year during the COVID year, he got COVID and didn't really recover. He didn't play well. Um, the whole season he talked about needing an inhaler for a while afterwards. It just like, wasn't well. And I think there've been some players like that where, you know, the lingering effects of having had COVID have, have really affected their performances. So, you know, I, I, I'm sure that contributed to his, his stock being down enough that we were able to get him for John Lester. Um, but he did, ha- you know, he's a, he's a former top 10 prospect with a lot of tools. So, you know, as you mentioned, this is not sustainable. There's no way he's going to keep up this level of production, but, you know, seeing that what he's capable of does, you know, for me, at least give me higher hopes than I had when I first saw his name come across the wires. Did you forget to unmute yourself? Yeah. You know, I, I do that a lot and I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit rusty right now. It happens um, to <laughs> Yeah, I got a little fatigue, but yeah, I mean, he's looking good and he's not the only one that is Riley Adams again, got him for Brad hand who um, didn't do very well in his return to DC. Josh Bell at the three run home run against him. Nats won that game. Um, Riley Adams is hitting 333, 421 and 606 in his last 14 games. He's showing promise. And like the Nats had no catching prospects whatsoever. Like, all they had was Trace Pereira and that was it. And like, he hadn't really shown anything. So now like, obviously key bear Ruiz is going to be legit. He's going to be this franchise's catcher, but like now they have another decent catching option, which is really fantastic. He's young, he's exciting. And I've liked what I've seen from him so far. And I think this is someone you can kind of put in in a little Sharpie on, not Sharpie, but like put in pencil for your roster next year, knowing, Hey, we got Riley Adams potentially as our backup catcher and let the man play every single day. Cause it's really fun watching him. Yeah, absolutely. And of, of course, you know, Kiba Ruiz is going to be up at some point and, and, you know, I hope given, you know, the, how highly he's, he's rated that he's going to be better than Riley Adams, but having another good catching prospect is fun and exciting. And it's good to have him get this opportunity now where he's getting to play every day, because if you want him to be a backup option for you next year, you need to get him some big league experience and on a rebuilding team where wins don't matter. There's no better opportunity for you to evaluate what you have in this kid. And also for him to get as to to beat the dead horse of the phrase we keep using the pressure-free baseball where he can just play and be loose and easy and not worry about getting sent down, you know, every time he screws up. So I like it. It's, it's fun to see. And um, you know, I feel like the catcher position has been kind of cobbled together on this team for a lot of years. And it's, it's cool to think that maybe with Ruiz and Adams, you've got a tandem in the future that's young and it has a lot of potential upside. Yeah. Which is like something we haven't really talked about. Um, Yeah. Like one thing people aren't really talking about is the Nats did really well at this trade deadline. And part of it, what made, this deadline so good is that the Nats got a lot of people who are either MLB ready and close to MLB ready. It Mm -hmm. gave the farm system good life. The Nats now have the eighth highest um, top 10 prospect points. MLB pipeline gives points based on your top 10 prospects. The Nats are eighth. Their farm system is very top heavy and that's okay. They're going to have to keep building it, but 
Yeah, you can't build your whole farm system in one trade deadline, but it was a hell of a good job by Rizzo. Like he, it was. Like when you think of where they were pre-trade deadline in their farm to where they are now, it is dramatic, the improvement. Yeah, I mean, and like the main point of that I'm trying to make is it's their their farm system is gonna be down again next year because these guys are all up and playing a lot so the farm like they're going to graduate and that's fine because they don't have the oldest team in baseball anymore but these guys being close to MLB ready and the fact that they're showing hey this year we're going to play pretty well it makes the rebuild hurry up you know that it's probably not going to be as long as you're expecting Josiah Gray looks extremely legit um Riley Adams is contributing Lane Thomas is contributing and you're like hey look now we got some options that we can go in-house and focus elsewhere and it's going to make the rebuild go by a little bit quicker and I yeah I mean like we've only talked about two of these guys so far we're going to talk about a couple more of them in a second but guys that you didn't expect to really contribute the fact that they're contributing just gives you confidence that hey this might be a little bit quicker of a rebuild than you thought it was going to be Yeah, that's an excellent point. And uh, let's talk about Carter Keeboom next to, you know, I think I was pretty much ready to give up on a lot of this fan base was pretty much done with Carter Keeboom, but he has, you know, he's suddenly, suddenly back. He's hitting the slash lines, 284, 372, 493 since August 1st. So since he's really had post trade deadline, since he's had the opportunity to play that pressure free everyday baseball, he's looking like a different player. Yeah. I mean, We've we've talked about it how he came up and just showed no sign of life whatsoever. Multiple times he came up and he showed absolutely no talent. We talked about how what's the plan for him? Does he even have a future here? Like he has no trade value. He has nothing because he wasn't playing very well. He's looking good right now. His average exit velocity is 86.6 miles per hour. You like to get that up a bit, but that's okay. His barrel percentage is 6.5%. That's that's pretty good for his age. Um, his launch angle is 9.3. If he can get that up to round 12, you'll see a lot more extra base hits and home runs for him. That's okay because a lot of his analytical stats and his advanced metrics are also solid, which is good. His sweet spot is 34%. That's a little lower than league average, but it's not terrible. So like you look at all of these metrics and they're pretty good. Like there are a lot of encouraging signs that we are seeing from him because he's getting fastballs well over 50% of the time. Um, but he was struggling hitting those the last couple of times he was up. Like he was just straight whiffing on fastballs down the middle repeatedly. His whiff rate is down. He's hitting baseballs pretty well. Like his whiff rate on fastballs is only 20% right now. It's pretty good. His Whiff rate on breaking balls is 47%. That's a little high, but that's okay because he's continuing to play. The offense is finally showing life, and the Nats are finally seeing what they expected of him. The defense isn't there. Um, I don't know if maybe he's not a third baseman. I don't know if maybe they'll shift him back to second and put Luis Garcia at short, but he is struggling at third and a lot of it just seems he can't get the ball out of his glove and he panics and he takes a terrible throw. I'm hoping that some of that, that we're going to, we're seeing from him will, you know, he'll calm down with it the way he had, like his, his offense is really rounded into form. And hopefully we're going to see that with the defense. Like if you had told me 
you know, the last couple of times he was up with the team that we could get him to league average, I would have been happy. So approaching league average is a big improvement <laughs> from what we were seeing before. But um, he does look a little, I guess, overmatched at third. Like he's just not, he's just like the, the lights are too bright for him there or something. The hot corner is too much. Um, I, I wouldn't hate it if they moved him to second where he'd have, you know, less intensity on defense. Um, but it remains to be seen. And this is the time to see it. This is another one of those where he doesn't look good defensively, but I want to see him play at third the rest of the season. I want to know, can this kid play third? And if we don't know that by the end of the year, like, what are we doing? The whole purpose of this, the rest of this year is to figure out what you have and where can these guys play next year? So I would let it play out. And if you decide by the end of the season, this kid can't play third, then you've got options. You can figure out something else, but I don't want to give up on when they were trying to contend, you couldn't just let him, you know, be here in the majors flailing. You had to send him back down, but now that you're not trying to contend, you got, you got to see what you have. I agree. All right. How about Yadiel Hernandez? Yeah. Yadiel's making, he's making a case for himself in his last 19 games. He's hitting 333, 397 and 550. Um, I wouldn't play him every day right now just because I think the Nats should go Lane Thomas, Victor Robles. When Victor is feeling better, he's been feeling under the weather. And then Juan Soto, let those young guys go and see what you have. But Yadiel is making a case for him to be on this team next year. He's making a case to potentially be the DH if they're here. Obviously, that's not the most ideal situation, but like you're not exactly going to be competing next year. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's making that case. He's continuing to hit. He's hit in all the other leagues he's been in. And it's getting to the point where you're like, you know what? When you're a contending team, he's a fine fourth outfielder. He's someone you're going to be able to pinch hit with mm-hmm. confidence. He's hitting the ball well. He's putting it the other way, which is great. He's finding the holes. And yeah, I mean, he's making a strong conversation be on this team next year. He's for sure going to be on it. I don't know the role they'll have him in. I don't think could be this team starting left fielder. Maybe he'll be a DH. Maybe the Nats are really aggressive and he's the fourth outfielder, but he's someone you're going to be able to go to confidently. You know, he's going to give you a great at bat and probably get on. Yeah. And you do need some veteran pieces, you know, and he's the kind of piece that every team needs. Um, well, fun fact. Can. Well, he's not even veteran. That's the thing. Like he's 33 and he's still a prospect. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I, more than veteran what i mean is older um a veteran presence you know what i mean he's an older guy he's not he's there's so it's so funny how this team flipped from being so old to being so young they almost feel like the calming influence of an older player is ever to write he's not really a veteran of the league um he's just old enough to be a veteran but um yeah he really is i think you made it, it said it perfectly he's really making a case for himself i think every team needs players like this who aren't you know they're not superstars they're not world beaters but you need solid pieces who you can count on to perform for you at a reasonable level and you know in a, in a really weird year for the nazis where he's got a i'm looking at his stats here he's got a 0.9 war for 2021 which you know given how little playing time he's had i think is pretty damn impressive yeah i mean yeah, it's it's above replacement level. Like that's what you expect for someone to be a fourth outfielder. It's fine. Like he's doing really, really well this year, and it's pretty good to see, knowing that hey, look, that's another person that's probably developed who can hit. Yeah, they they do better with hitting prospects than they do with pitching prospects. <laughs> that's for sure. That is for sure. Nowhere to go but up, really. 
All right. How about, let's talk about Juan Soto, who obviously is, you know, the centerpiece of this team at this point, uh, just walking so much, just so much in his last 18 <laughs> games, 15 for 46 with 25 walks in 18 games. Can you, can you read off his, his slash line, please? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 326, 562, 522. <laughs> that is a 562 on base in his last 18 games. 562. That is absolutely absurd. Going back further, he has a 43% walk rate since the All-Star break. Um, sorry, excuse me, since the trade deadline. He has a 500 on base percentage in his last 50 games. If you take out all of Juan Soto's intentional walks, he still has 10 more walks than the second place person. Juan Soto has the lowest outside the zone swing percentage in baseball. He only swings on pitches outside the zone 15% of the time. That's absolutely ludicrous. Juan Soto's play presence and his command of strike zone is absolutely unreal. It's something we don't see a lot and it's truly special. He's going to continue getting walked though, which sucks. Cause like he's having a good year, but there's just nothing in the lineup. Like no, no right, one's like, gonna, no one's. Why pitch, so. would you pitch to Juan Soto right now? Yeah, why? and it's it's really fun just because I want to see where his on base percentage can get. Just because like the the man's just getting walked left and right, and like I don't blame teams. I would I wouldn't pitch to anyone either. Like looking at right now, his on base percentage is four forty six on the season that leads baseball. That's absurd. Um, I want to see how high can that can get because he leads baseball with 97 walks. He's just below pace for Bryce Harper's 2015 walks for the Nationals team record. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, he's just below that pace. I feel like he might be able to beat it just because like there's no point pitching to him. Like there's nothing behind him. So I want to see if you're a team that's trying to contend, like you don't want to let Juan Soto beat you on a team that you know, otherwise shouldn't beat you. Although to say this team is in a lot of these games that they're losing, they're not getting blown out, you know, like they're scrappy and it is fun. It is fun to see. I would love it if we got to see Juan Soto actually hit more, but I just don't think that's in the cards for this that's year. Just, because that's just no not reason. happening. Yeah. <laughs> there's no reason, but it's still really, really fun to watch this team. They're not just rolling over and dying. And to me, games that are fun to watch that they are in up until the last half inning and up until the last at bat, you know, you got the tying run in the box on the last at bat. I'll take that every time. But I also, you know, am embracing the tank. So games that are fun and exciting and they compete in really well and then they lose. I mean, that's pretty much as good as it gets. (laughs) Embrace the tank. I'm all in for it. Yeah. I mean, no, look, we talked about before, no expectation baseball is fun to watch and it is. It is. It makes me feel way less stressed. I'm not all pissed off after the games when they lose anymore, which is nice. Such which nice is nice. You know what else is nice? What's that? Manscaped. <laughs> yep. Manscaped stuff is nice. And I'll tell you why, because um, we need to talk, fellas. This is this is for you. I'm talking to you. Uh, you guys smell. So it's hot. It's sweaty. It's summer. It's August in Virginia. So we all know what that means. It's the time of year when, I mean, you always need Manscaped, but right now you really, really need Manscaped. So there's a lot of products you need to get, keep yourself smelling good for yourself, for your ladies in your life. Uh, and for the people who, you know, are just near you because they appreciate it too in line at the grocery store and such. So you want to check out the crop preserver. That is the anti-chafing deodorant product. There is the crop reviver, which is the spray toner. There's the crop cleanser, which is the body wash. Smells fantastic, by the way. Highly recommended if you haven't used it before. 
uh, the foot duster, which is a foot deodorant. So, you know, head to toe, keeping you smelling good. So whether you're rocking the dad bod or a six pack, our friends at Manscaped have you covered. In addition to all the products that offer to keep you smelling fresh, they also have launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You guys have heard all about that. Also the weed whacker, the magic mat to, uh, it's a shaving mat. So if you're taking care of business, there's, you know, it's not all over the bathroom. I, even if you live alone, that's a good thing. But if you have a, if you have a wife or a girlfriend, she's going to really appreciate you not leaving that all over the floor. Uh, also comes with the shed travel bag and the Manscaped boxer shorts, which are fantastic. So you can trust Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming to keep you looking, smelling and feeling your best all summer long. Join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code HSHH20. That is HSHH20 for 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. That's fantastic. And make sure you guys get on in that. Our next thing we're going to do is one of my personal favorites. It's our monthly segment, Fair or foul my favorite in case you guys are new and you haven't heard this before i'm gonna ask amanda six questions three to four of them will be about the nationals the rest will be about general baseball if she agrees with the the statement she'll say fair in a little sentence why if she disagrees she'll say foul in a little reason why are you ready i'm ready let's do it all right fair or foul Lane Thomas is going to replace Victor Robles on this roster. Fair. I was actually thinking that when we were talking about it. I think so. I think uh, Robles is probably on. Of course, I said this for years about, oh, I don't want to say it because Nick's going to gloat. I said this for years about Michael A. That like this kid, this has to be the last chance they're going to give him. There's no way they're just going to keep him around. But then they just did. So maybe I'm wrong and they're going to keep Robles around forever like they did with Taylor. But I think that if Lane Thomas keeps obviously not playing the way he is now, but if he keeps playing at a high level, I think it's going to be very hard to keep putting Robles out there every day when you have Lane Thomas sitting on the bench. So I say foul mainly because I don't think Lane Thomas is going to be any good. I think this is an extreme mirage. I don't think Victor Robles has a long future on this team, but I don't think it's going to be Lane Thomas replacing them. All right. All right. Way to be a buzzkill. <laughs> um, keeping with the people we just talked about, fair or foul, Yadiel Hernandez will be this team's left fielder in 2022. Mm. I'm going to go foul on that. I think he's going to be on the team, but I don't think he's going to be the everyday an everyday starter. I agree. I, I say foul. Um, he's going to be the team's fourth outfielder. They're going to sign Michael Conforto to a one-year deal, and he's oh. going to play left field. Interesting. You heard it here first. All right. Continuing on fair or foul, fair or foul. Josiah Gray makes the rotation not as big of a concern going forward. Oh, that's absolutely fair. I'm already less concerned. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, missing Max is a huge, that's a huge gaping hole in not only your rotation, but also your heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's just been, he's just been excellent. He's absolutely going to be a piece that, you know, he's probably going to have some stumbles. Young pitchers usually do. I mean, he's, but he's a huge piece of, of this team's future rotation and it does definitely make it less of a concern. Yeah. I'm, I'm going fair. I was actually talking about this with my buddy today. Does I agree is legit. He's going to be good. Um, 
I tweeted about this. The fact that like gives me more confidence with him is that the Dodgers developed him. The mm-hmm. Dodgers pump out young talent like mad. And if you watch his delivery, he uses a lot of lower body. Guys use a lot of lower body. They get late life on their pitches and they get a lot of late movement. That's pretty important. And also it takes off a lot of stress on your shoulder. Nats could kind of use that. Yeah, a lot of their pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of the Nats pitchers right now. You're All the people. Steven Strasburg. <laughs> I love All- you, but. I mean, that, that guy, that, that guy doesn't even have a shoulder right now, but all the guys in that's developed, they use a lot of upper body, put stress on it. Guys who use lower body, it's, it's not, it's saying that like, they're not immune, but it decreases their chances of getting a shoulder injury. Look at Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller uses a lot of his lower body in his rotation and he's very good. He's consistent. He has good stuff. That makes me excited with the Nats rotation. Literally next year, you have Strauss, you have Corbin. You don't know who they'll be, but it's fine because of who they are. You have Josiah Gray in there who's looking like he's going to be a future top in the rotation guy. Eric Fetty's going to be in the rotation. Eric Fetty is fine as a five. Just let him be. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just sign one more person, like sign a veteran. And that's a decent rotation next year. I the rotation is probably going to need a little more work if Strauss and Corbin still suck next year. But as of right now, Josiah Gray gives you the confidence that's not going to be as bad as people are thinking it's going to be. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Also, how come Walker Bueller always looks like his pants are too small? Because Walker Bueller is like a size like 36 and he's wearing like 32s. Yeah, but why can't, let's just, why can't they get that man some pants that fit him? I don't know. I mean, like as, as good as he is, he, he, can, he can strut it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm married, <laughs> not dead. I'm just saying, it's not, I'm just saying, it's just obvious. Every time he pitches, I'm like, Jesus Christ, those pants don't fit him. What's wrong? Oh no. Every, every single time I'm like, my God, can he bend over? <laughs> I know. I know. Can he breathe? <laughs> anyway, anyway, I don't know how we got into Walker Bueller's pants. What's going on? All right. Um, moving on, moving on fair or foul. The Braves are currently the team to beat in the national league. I want to go foul on that. I mean, obviously they're going to win the East at this point. I think it would take an epic collapse of Mets proportions for them to, to not win it. I don't think the Phillies have it in them to make a run at, at the Braves at this point, but in the whole national league, no, no, I can't see. I don't know. The Dodgers, the giants, the brewers. I don't know. No foul on that for me. Yeah, I'm I'm going foul. I thought about this when I was like typing up. I'm going foul. They're playing very well right now. I think it's kind of a mirage. The best teams in the National League are in the state of California. I still think the Dodgers are the team to beat. Um, I just I just don't get how the Giants are good. Like it, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't they are, <laughs> but it just doesn't make any sense. Like, just, why are you so good? Wilmer Flores is batting third, but yeah, I'm I'm going foul on this. I think the Dodgers are the team to beat National League. And speaking of the Dodgers, that segues to our next fair or foul. The Yankees and Dodgers are on a steam line to face each other in the World Series. Yeah. Um yeah. I guess I'll go fair on, uh, I don't know. No, you know what? I'm going to go foul because I, I think the Yankees are going to, I don't think the Yankees are going to make it. I think they're, they're playing really well right now, but this is one of those interludes teams do this. They get on a hot streak. They're on a hot streak too early. I don't think they're going to be in the world series. 
Yeah, I I don't think they have enough pitching. The Yankees are good. This is probably their best team in the last couple of years, but I don't think they have the pitching to get there. Dodgers, like if the Dodgers don't get to the World Series, it'd be one of the biggest failures in a long time. But I'm going found this one. I don't think the Yankees have it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so moving on to our next fair or foul. Fair or foul. The Nationals currently have the brightest future of all teams in the National League East. Oh, I'm going to go fair on that. I think this, um, not only because of what they got back, 12 prospects is a huge haul. So, I mean, they got an enormous um, boost to their farm system in this trade deadline. But I think next trade deadline, they're going to do it again. Not to this extent, but I think they're going to continue to build the team next year. I think they're going to sign some key guys. I think they're going to, I don't know. I, I think Rizzo has gone on a, is going on a tear. He wants to make this team, you know, to build up the young talent again. So I'm going to say, yes, I don't see any other team. I think that the Phillies have a lot of big contracts. They got to worry about. I mean, the Nats, you know, I mean, obviously you've got Corbin and Strauss, which are problematic contracts, but with the amount of young players they've got and the team control they have with Soto. um, The only team I could see maybe, maybe the Marlins, they've got a lot of excellent young pitching. But yeah, I'm going to go fair on this. So I've been, I, th- I was thinking about this. I am going foul. The Nats have the second best farm system in the NL East. The Marlins farm system is the only one that's better than theirs. Um, they have a better future than the Phillies. They have a better future than the Mets. The Mets cannot be good without Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom, he just throws too hard for his shoulder. Um, but I'm going foul just because the Marlins. No, I think the Braves, like the Braves core is pretty young. Um, they got Acuna, they got Abbies, they got Austin Riley, and they have pretty good young pitching. I still think the Braves are going to be around and could be an issue for several years. So I have them right now. But if the Nats keep doing this well, they started off pretty damn well. They keep doing this well. That answer will change to them. But I have like the Nats second and the Braves ahead of them. Interesting. See, I would go exactly the opposite with the Braves a little behind. And this is why, because the Braves are in a trying to contend window and they're going to be doing that again next year, where I feel like the Nats are taking a breather and they're going to try to build up again next year. So I just feel like if we're at the beginning of a rebuild, that gives us the brighter future, but I can certainly see your argument. I get that. I respect that. Well, that has been our monthly edition of fair or foul we'll do that again next month with september call-ups and getting ready for the playoffs well not us getting ready but you know yeah everyone else <laughs> <laughs> not you know the mats getting ready. yeah <laughs> getting ready to watch the playoffs like the rest of us on their couches but... <laughs> all right well that was fun okay um but we just have one more segment left which is our one big thing what do you have tonight i have nothing i honestly don't um <laughs> me either this segment sucks <laughs> uh, nick's gonna be upset he's gonna be so mad at us he'd be like you had one job oh oh no i got it. um so if the playoffs started today the al wildcard game would be the yankees red sox in yankee stadium so Oof. i i need the padres to get I back won. in the playoffs because the nl wildcard game would be dodgers padres in dodger stadium so mm-hmm. you would have three big market teams well actually sorry let me let me rephrase that you would have three of MLB's darlings 
and then the Red Sox in there and two fantastic rivalries in the wildcard games. They will be really fun. MLB will be a little upset just because, you know, you got New York, you got LA, you have Tatis and them and another big historic franchise. That would be really, really fun for wildcard games. For those and of I us gar- with no rooting interest. Yeah. Oh, you just watch for a good game, but yep. I guarantee you, like, if those series happen, it would, like, make MLB change the wildcard format to a best of three so I can keep milking it because those would be so well. Yeah. Oh, I did think of one big thing for me. This My one big thing is screw you, MLB media, who suddenly know how good Trey Turner is. Like, Trey Turner is just as good as he has always been. And the fact that he plays for the Dodgers now is the only reason you guys are noticing. So to hell with you. He was always that good when he was here, too. I'm just mad about it. I'm still bitter about Trey and Max, in case you can't tell from this, from tonight's episode. Just just a little bit. Just just a little bit. I'm not bitter exactly, because I, it's bittersweet. I'm happy for the return. I'm happy for the rebuild. Embrace the tank. All of it. But it's but it still hurts. It still hurts. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I know. Exactly. It's what, you know that, that meme with the with the guy who's like crying, but holding up the smiling face over his face? That's me. Everything's fine. Everything's fun. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, this was a good one. It's great to have you back. I'm glad you enjoyed your vacation, but we're happy you're back on the team. Back paying attention to baseball. Again. I'm back with the squad. Back with the squad. Off the uh off the IL. Off the BL, the beach life. The beach life. The yes. beach life. All right, cool. Well, um, you got anything else before we get out of here? I do not. Let's Enjoy the tank. Let's enjoy the tank. Go Nats, but don't go too much. Embrace the tank. <laughs> Later. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you. Later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book let's go Nats. we've got a game to play we're gonna win today let's
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.